Hello, I'm Todd Starnes, lead pastor of Odessa First Assembly, and I'm grateful that you joined us today. I hope and pray that this message will encourage you and bless you. And remember, you can find more information about us at odessafirstassembly.com. God bless you. So Psalm 37 is what we're going to look at this morning. And uh, I, I, I don't know maybe if you ever daydream about uh, just having a completely um, trouble-free life. I mean, is there, anybody ever daydream about that, that just like, you know, life would be easy and, and simple. And, you know, I remember those seasons of life where I uh, dreamed about just, you know, having the, you know, the big pile of cash and all the money and everything I want. And uh, I, I think that so many times, of course, I, you know, the problem with what I think about what I would do if I'd win the lottery is you actually got to play. I, I don't play, but I still dream about if I won the lottery, you know, what I would do with that money and and uh, what, I, how, what, what, what would I do with it? You know, and according to Forbes magazine, I don't know if you've ever heard these statistics, but there are 2,153 billionaires upon our planet. Not million, billion. That was, that, that just really took me by surprise. Um, and so, uh, and just so you know, um, none of them go to our church. Um, yet, I, you know. <laughs> I, there was some crusade. I remember the guy, you know, the minister. He was asking for an offering, and he was just joking around. And he said, "You spell thousand T H O U S N D." And a, a, a millionaire came to him after service and said, "You know, if you'd have, if you'd have done that and spilled million, I'd have given you a million dollars." And so the next night, the evangelist was like, "You spell million M I L L O N," you know. But I mean, and this isn't this isn't about tithing or giving or really a financial stewardship sermon. But I really want to bring a point this morning about our heart, the condition of our heart, what our heart is pursuing, what our heart is after. But in that daydreaming, I, t- I was uh, um, thinking about what, what could you do with just a billion dollars? You know, the two richest men in the world, um, uh, Je- Jeff Bezos and, and, and Bill Gates, if, if, they gave, if they gave us a billion dollars, what you could do, um, this might kind of hit home with some of our college students. The average tuition cost uh, to a private college is about 35000 but if you had a billion dollars, you could pay for 27,909 years of college. <laughs> that, we're in a predicament right now with our college student. <laughs> like, okay. Um, you could take a vacation um, to space with 19 of your closest friends. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Um... You could buy a venti iced coffee from Starbucks for almost every single person in the U.S. I mean, hey, because we love you, we're going to buy you a coffee. Our coffee is free. so. And if there's donuts left, there may not be. I don't know. With a billion dollars, you could buy the New Orleans Pelicans. You could buy... Um, uh, you could buy the Miami Marlins. I don't know why you want to buy any of those two teams, but you could. But here's, here's, here's uh, just kind of roll with me here just for a moment. But, uh, you know, there's an island in the Bahamas you could buy. Now, I was trying to think, what could you do with a million dollars? And so, um, do we have that? So, you could buy this 460-acre island in the Bahamas. And then what you could do, you could put a castle on that island. 
You could, you could afford to buy that castle and have it on your island. So we have a 460-acre island in the Bahamas. You have an island. And then you could buy your, you know, you could build your own airstrip and have your jet. And, uh, and then you could buy the, this yacht. Have you ever heard of this yacht? Um, you could buy this yacht right here and have it docked at your pier. And so I, there's some pictures of, of, uh, uh, of, of inside this yacht. I mean, you can just kind of scroll through those just really quick. Um, a place to eat with all your friends. I think there's an, your own slide, that kind of an aerial view. You could go swimming in your pool and the yacht in the water. You could buy the most expensive car in the world. You could buy a Ferrari GTO, $70 million. You could afford, so you could have all that for a billion dollars. I mean, it's fun to imagine. And so we're going to try that really quick. I hope this works. We're going to experiment and see, um, but get your phones out, or you get your, phone, get your phones, and so we're going to do a text poll really quick, what you would do with a million dollars, and so what you do is you can go like on your Safari or whatever it is, your web browser, and you can put in pollev.com slash tstarns185, or you could go to your text messaging and text the number 22333. And then, you know, and, you know, that's to the two, you know, where you'd put the phone number. And then, and there you'd put TSTARNS185. And so you can do that. And it'll get you logged in. And we're going to hopefully do this very quick. I'm hoping it's going to work. And so uh, let me do that really quick, too. So I'm going to text two, two, three, three, three. And then TSTARNS. I'd have personalized it better, but it costs money, so I wasn't going to do that. T-Starns 185, and then you should get a text. And so then what you're going to do, well, I can't even spell my own name. So then once you get that done, go ahead and start texting that number, and then what we're going to do, it'll show, yeah, it says, yeah, I did it right. Finally, it said, you joined Todd Starn's session. When you've done, uh, you can reply, leave. But anyway, so right there, what you can do in your texting or online, you can text just really quick what you would do with a billion dollars. And so then we're going to show the screen. Is it going to work? Maybe. Hopefully we just didn't do all that for nothing. Nope, it's not going to work. That's a bummer. You know what? If you text anyway, I'll still see them later, and then I'll post them. That's no fun. But We had internet problems this morning. Huh? We had to reset stuff. We had to cut our streaming. We had all kinds of stuff. But I don't know. What would somebody, somebody do for, what would you do, Chase, a billion dollars? What would you do? That's real fun right there. Just, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, you know, you'd pay off credit cards, you'd buy your dream house, you would, I mean, there's a lot we could do, but listen to me, it's just not about a financial thing, it can be about, I mean, we're living in a, a, a crazy culture where, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of the younger generation that's seeking to be, you know, social media influencers, and and how people see us and view us, there's lots wrapped up in what the desires of our heart can be, 
But uh, here's what I want to share with you this morning is that the desire for more is a trap. It's a never-ending quest. And we really have got to hold that in check. The problem with wanting more is that more is always a moving target. And that's why that credit card debt, that's why, there, that's why there's so much self-medication. That's why our society really is in a mess. Because even though we talk about not keeping with the Joneses, we still do everything we can to do that. Now listen to me. There is nothing wrong with being blessed. There is nothing wrong with being financially secure. I believe God has set up uh, prophets, priests, and kings. And part of the kings are those that have a manner of wealth that they can invest into the kingdom of God. But it takes all three to see the kingdom of God expand. And so th there's a healthy way, of course. I mean, it's not money that's evil. It's the what? It's the love of money that's the root of evil. And it's just a tool. Uh, some quotes, maybe some of you know who Jim Carrey is. He said this, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer. That's pretty significant. Or Ted Turner, if you know Ted Turner, you know, WTBS and CNN and all that. You know, when wrestling was good, there was WCW. But uh, the only people who think money makes them happy are those who don't have it. But that's so many people. If I just had, I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, if I just had some money left over before the month ended. And can we just be real? <laughs> you know? But in the midst of thinking and desire, there comes this passage, and I want to kind of break it down before we really get to the promise. So in, in Psalm 37, verses 1 and 2, it says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass, and they'll wither like the green herb. We all know people who do wrong, but yet they seem to get ahead. I mean, I mean, there may be our list of people of the corrupt in the world and the, you know, the, I mean, the drug dealers, the sex traffickers and, you know, and, and these bad people in our world. But sometimes it's just not that. It's that person that's just operating just a little bit in the gray. Are you with me this morning? That person that's just, just you know, just a little bit off, does most everything right. But I mean, you, and you're like... They're, how are they getting away with this? And maybe, you know, they're getting the new car, they're getting the new stuff, they're getting the trips, or whatever it may be. And you're like, how is it that they're getting that stuff, but it seems like that uh, I'm struggling? Those shady people, they, and you're trying to do everything right. Listen to me. The scripture says, don't be envious of the wicked. There is no gray with God. I said, there's no gray with God. Matter of fact, he said he would rather be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, what? I mean, that's a sobering verse that he's going to spew you, us out of his mouth. Don't be envious of the wicked, for their success only lasts for a season. And you can look through um, social media, the news, and see time after time after time of just the, the, the falls of influential people, and it finally caught up with them. Any person that has ever stepped across an eternity without God would say that none of it is worth it. None of it. I, I, I say at the funerals all the time, uh, really often, that, you know, if, if so-and-so, if Bob was here, if there's one thing that he could tell you is that the choices he made in this life matter in eternity. And we need to remind ourselves of that because it, it's just not about judging whether or not someone's saved or lost. For the, there's even a judgment for us as believers. 
The Bible talks about that our works, our thoughts, our deeds are going to pass through the fire and they're going to be tried. Psalm 137, Psalm 37, don't worry about the wicked, envy those who do wrong, for like grass they soon fade away, like spring flowers they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Instead of worrying about evil men who seem to be getting away with it, put this promise part, I mean, this is not the promise we're focusing on, but trust in the Lord no matter what's going on around you. Listen to me. You, I mean, the, the opposite of worry is trust. And us, we as believers have to come into the place of fully relying on God, trusting God. You can rely on God with confidence. If you, we're kind of going to skip forward in Psalms 37. If you pick up in verse 5, it says this. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will what? He will help you. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. I'm going to tell you something. As long as I've been a believer, I've been a believer now since February of 1994, which I know to some sounds like forever, but there are people that are older than me, I promise. I've been a believer since February of 1994, and I'm going to tell you in all these years that I've served God, I've held on to different promises at different times. I've held on to promises of, of healing and, and miracles and, and answered prayer and peace and, and that battle against anxiety. Or depression. Oh, there's so many promises we can hold on to, but I'm going to tell you, over all those two decades plus, the one verse that I've held on to more than any other verse is verse 6 in chapter 37. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Listen to me. All society, if you don't know this, all society is against us as believers. The, the spirit that's at work within the world hates you. And so because of that, I mean, Jesus even said, if they hate me, what are they going to, oh, they're going to love you and embrace you. And No, that's not what he said, is it? And so I have been in situations after situations, and sometimes it is difficult to trust God at his word, especially when you feel like that nobody else sees the truth of the matter. But I'm going to tell you that God always makes your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. What does that mean? Whether you're falsely perceived, falsely accused, lied about, whatever it is, I'm going to tell you, you can trust on God. He's going to take care of you. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. That's hard sometimes, right? We want to do God's job. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm, for the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will what? Will possess the land. Trust God. And when you trust God, there is a chain reaction that begins to work in your heart. One is, is that you can really, uh, when you trust God, it sets you free from jealousy. I don't know if you've ever, maybe ever, anybody's ever dealt with jealousy, uh, you know, way back in my youth. I, I may have dealt with that some. Those, those, you know, it really comes from thoughts of insecurity, and so you begin to be jealous about those around you. Or even maybe another step deeper in would be envy. I mean, feeling discontented 
because somebody else has something more than you. Listen to me. Listen. I mean, besides like, you know, I think about what is, I mean, does Bill Gates ever get envious of Jeff Bezos when he passed him? You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I've never been to that. But, but here's what I do know. In most of our position, there's always going to be somebody that has a nicer house. There's always going to be somebody that has the newer, better car. There's always somebody that can take the dream big. There's, no matter where you are in the socioeconomic status, there's always going to be someone that can do more. But when you trust God, it, you begin to see what God's doing for you and, and you. It breaks you free from worry. God is in control, and he'll make all things right. And I know this is difficult for us as humans to understand, but if we don't see it on this side of eternity, we will see it on the next. Don't fret when evildoers succeed in their ways. And then it really comes down to, I believe, this verse 4, this, this promise. And once again, we have the scripture cards for you in the back. Uh, or in the, uh, on the information desk. We hope you to grab them. There's the extra ones from previous weeks that are left over you can grab. But here's our promise for this week. Psalm 34, 7. Take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, that definition of um, delight, of, of, of desire to wish, to long for, to crave, to want. It's your want to that's on the inside. What do you desire? What do you crave? I, you know, maybe some of you, some of you responded. I posted on Facebook, just asked the question, what do you desire? And so many, I mean, it was like good things. I mean, it was salvation for family, a home, you know, healing, you know, fulfilling a mission. I mean, it really had to do with many godly things. But listen to me, I, if we're all transparent and real, that's, that's not it. I mean, you're being nice for social media, I understand, but listen, I want to see people saved, I want to see my family wrecked for God, and, and all those types of things, but you know what, there's some other desires in there too. I mean, I'm still waiting for that 200 inch plus, plus buck, you know what I mean, but anyway. You know, some of the things I crave, I don't know about you, I, I don't have much of a sweet tooth, but there's a difference between crave and desire, and uh, I don't know, I, I mean, one of my favorite things, especially road trips, are Reese's. Oh, oh, Acela, can we do this without me blacking your eye? Heather's like, what? Or oatmeal cream pies, anybody? Anybody like oatmeal cream pies? Oh, I did too good over there. I wasted it. I'm sorry. Or M&M's. You know what I do with M&M's? I put M&M's on the dash and let them get soft. Did you, do you know about that trick? Anybody like M&M's? You like M&M's? There you go. How about, uh, is that all up? No, I got Kit Kats. I love, you know what I do? Yeah, come on, Gabriel, come here. I'm not going to throw it that far. The best thing about Kit Kats is, uh, so how about, how about, how about Tony? Dean, heads up. You're good. You want to, since I almost hit you, I should give you one, right? I mean, college students, they need oatmeal cream pies, right? Is that, that's my, I keep these in my office. This is a real treat. So, Chase one and one, right? Not too bad. I'll give it to you. Whew, I was throwing that to your sister.
people read that promise, awesome. All I have to do is tell God everything I want and, and desire, and he's going to give it to me. I mean, whether it be uh, you know, this material stuff, I'm going to tell you, that's not what I desire. God promised me the desires of my heart. And sometimes we think, okay, God's promised me this, and so when is it coming? But we all understand that God is not like a slot machine. It's, it's not like hitting a jackpot. And instead, just like so many promises, the desires of our heart, it hinges on something. It hinges on a condition, a prerequisite to the promise. And what that is, delight yourself in the Lord. Our focus and attention should not be what, how we are fulfilled, but who's the object of our desire. Before God gives you the desires of your heart, we must delight ourselves in him. And that word delight, it means, this is very interesting, a high degree of pleasure or enjoyment, joy or rapture. Something that gives you pleasure. And I'm going to tell you what you delight in, it, it comes to the surface especially when you're going through the fire. Because that's what kind of when that truth begins to boil out is your is your go-to to escape to something or is your go-to God you, you want to talk when the pressure comes in and it's like you know you feel like you can't take anymore are you gonna binge watch Hulu or are you gonna focus in on God are you gonna go get drunk this weekend or are you gonna focus in on God or what, what, what what's the choice you're making when that pressure comes in onto your life I mean, there's, thing, there's nothing wrong with things bringing us some level of happiness and enjoying life. There's, there's nothing absolutely wrong with that. But what you desire says a lot about you. It reveals more than just what you like to do, but it really does reveal your heart. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, wherever your treasure is, what does the scripture say? There your desires will be also. And what I'm trying to get the point out, the target of our desire should be the Lord. And I know I'm not, you know, it's not trying to be super spiritual or Sunday school answer about this thing, but I'm going to tell you something. I, I have never been more satisfied and content in life than when my pursuit is with God and for God. When it seems like all hell is breaking loose, loose in my life and all, there's all this circumstance, what gets me through that is my delight being Him. Uh, it's just like the song we were singing earlier. I'm going to tell you, I, I believe that God can get us out of the miry clay. God can pull us out of the circumstance. God can do the immediate deliverance. But so many times in life what I've found is that God just wants to be with me where I am and what I'm in the middle of. And that's the power of yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for that rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's the power of being in that valley, that difficult place, is knowing that God has not left us there alone. But when our heart and our desire is set, on him take delight in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart the key to this promise is the direction of your delight the key to this promise is the direction of your delight when you delight yourself in the lord he becomes your treasure when you delight yourself in the lord the desires of your heart changes you see, I, you guys know there's two verses that, I, I mean, are like light verses for me. I quote them all the time. It's Philippians 2.13 and it's 1 Thessalonians 5.29. And both of them speak along the same line. First, uh, uh, Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in me. So, and that, just so you know, that me, that in, is our spirit man. 
That's where the work begins. The work doesn't begin on the outer and the flesh. The work always begins with the Spirit. And when God's doing that Spirit in us, it goes on to say, for it is God that works in us to what? To will. That will is our want to. That is our desire. So as he works in our spirit, there's something that begins to shift in our want to, our will. And then when it comes to fruition and it's seen as fruit, that's our action. We act according to his good pleasure. But when we are focused in and our, our delight is him. Uh, you know, there's, this, there's an old song um, uh, uh, man, I, the guy that, the mom wrote the lyrics and the guy wrote the music. It was the guy that used to sing with Billy Graham. Can I help me? George Beverly Shea. Is that, am I right on that? Well, you're looking at me like a calf in Newgate. Okay, so, he said, he had this song, I'd Rather Have Jesus. It goes like this, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than house or lands, than the island of the Bahamas. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands. Verse 2, I'd rather have Jesus than men. This is where it gets real, because I know it kind of focuses objects, but it's so much more than that. Listen to this. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. Verse 3, his fairer than the lilies of the rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. Have you ever had honey right out of the comb? Have you ever had honey right out of the beehive? I'm going to tell you, it is worth every single sting. Every single one of them. And the chew on the honey, the honeycomb, oh, it's amazing. He's sweeter than the honey for out of the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs he's all that my hungering spirit needs he's all that my hungering spirit needs i'd rather have jesus and let him lead then the chorus says this to be the king of vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway i'd rather have jesus than anything than what the world affords today what is your heart set on and so i gotta hurry here man i got a whole lot of notes on a whole time and so we see this um the desires of a heart but our our delight being made in him and so how do we do that that's what i want to go to how do we do that three things very simply and, we're, and you know, and, and <laughs> it was almost difficult to uh, kind of talk about these three things because, um, like, they could really be the three points about any sermon. I mean, they really could. But we're, I chose them for this one. And so the first thing is this. How do, you, how do you delight yourself in the Lord? How do you delight yourself in the Lord? And the first place where you have to begin is surrender. You really have to begin a place of surrender. A surrender in all your wants, all your desires, all your pains, all your, you just, all of you, and say, God, here it is. Here, here's it all. Here's all of it. Proverbs, you know, there's all kinds of verses. I mean, you could read Romans 12, 1 and 2. You could, I mean, there's all kinds of, I mean, good scriptures about, about uh, surrender. But Proverbs 23, 26, my son, give me your 
My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. I think that's a powerful proverb. Son, give, and I, and I think it's the, really the call of the Holy Spirit that he wants to say to you this morning, is give me your heart. Because if he's got your heart, he's got it all. Just give me your, just surrender to me. You may not always understand, not understand what I'm doing, but just trust me. Give me your heart. You may not always see the, the goal, the finish line, but would you just give me your heart? You can trust me with your heart. You can trust me with everything. I mean, that's the, that's the call of the Holy Spirit saying, just come to me. Just where I am. Just abide with me. Be with me. And that gets us to the second thing, to really come to a place of delighting ourselves in the Lord, and that is time. That's our devotion. Our time and devotion. And before I really begin to open this up at all, I, I just want to speak to our men for just a moment. I know that we're all wired different, and, and maybe some women in here this too. I don't know, but listen to me. It is not unmanly to let go and to worship. It's really not. I mean, I understand we all have different temperaments. I mean, you, I mean really, I, I, maybe I shouldn't, but I hold back. So, I mean... I mean, sometimes I'm like, you know what, I could just, I could just, like, I'd jump off on a pew. I mean, I, you know, I, I, that's just my personality anyway. I'm loud, I'm animated, and I lose my voice no matter where I'm at doing something. And, and just like, would you whisper? I'm like, I am whispering. This is my whisper. Maybe some of you know my pain. I don't know. But it is, I mean, to lift your hands in worship and get lost in the presence of the Lord, to devote your time to a time of a season of dedicated prayer and scripture, that is a manly thing to do. But time, devotion, John, I mean, uh, uh, Nick referred to it earlier, John 15, 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me. See, that's that devotion, that's that time. And listen to me. I know we all got to start somewhere, and so like if you're spending no time with God, I mean really just start anywhere. I mean really. I mean just start somewhere, whether it's like, you know, you, five minutes of Bible reading, five minutes of prayer. I mean just whatever it is, do something. And I'm going to tell you, I know that, I mean, I, maybe what your viewpoint is or how you see me or whatever, I'm gonna, I just don't, my eyes just don't pop up every single morning like, yay God! I mean, sometimes it's like this morning. I mean, usually I'm an early riser. Usually I don't have to set an alarm. And I felt bad for Angela because I don't know how many times. I mean, my alarm kept going off and it kept going off and it, it kept going off. And I was like, I do not want. Did you know? Maybe I shouldn't share this with you. Did you know sometimes I don't want to go to church? I, I, sometimes I just I don't want to go. But then I remember, what, what, is, what is my heart set on? And sometimes giving God that time and that devotion, it ain't easy. Sometimes it is sacrifice. Sometimes it's missing out on what everybody else is doing. But I'm going to tell you something. When you find your place in Him, God takes care of the rest. And you'll be amazed at the fulfillment that happens in your life. John 15, 7, just write down from what we just read in verse 5. But if you remain in me, my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Do you know how to ask for anything you want, and it will be granted? 
is that you've delighted yourself in the Lord. You've had a heart change, and so now what your heart desires is what God desires. And the third one's obedience, and I'm going to close with that. John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And again, there's so many verses we could point to about obedience. Listen to me. Obedience is not always easy. Sometimes there is an easier way. The enemy will put a lot of shortcuts in your path. But did you know that God, he has a plan and he has a purpose for you. God has a plan and he has, he has a mission for you. God, God has something, and, and I know not all the time we see it just really clearly. You know, when I was, you know, part of my struggle for living for God was, is that, you know, I, I, you know, I talk about that February 1994 getting saved, but, you know, early on in my teenage years, I had an encounter with God, and it was at youth camp, and, um, and that's where God first called me to ministry, and I had real issues with that. I was like, I'm not doing that, and I, I, I could, in the old tabernacle at camp, I could show you that, I could even point to the, I could almost point to the spot in the new tabernacle, we keep calling the new, and it's like 25 years old, but anyway, I could point to the spot where I knew that God called me, and I told God, no, I'm not doing that, 13 years old, and I walked away. I remember, I remember that moment. But my, you know, of course there's a lot of things going on, but so many times we feel like God leading us somewhere. And you know what, you know what the enemy will do? The enemy will put all kinds of stuff on the right and the left. It's like the shoulders of the highway. He'll put all kinds of stuff out here. And so for me, the enemy was like, you know, you're awkward, you're weird, you're skinny, you got pimple, you know, all, you know, 13-year-old kids, you know, I mean, all the, you know, the things, you know, that you deal with but even now so many times I see people that really what it comes down to of the roller coaster in your life and your struggle in your life really because what happens is you start to surrender and God starts stirring and working and it feels great and awesome things happen and then you start spending time with God you know you may be at work but you're listening to the Bible you're listening to Air One you're listening to Kayla you're listening to Spotify whatever it is and so you're kind of saturating yourself and then it'll always happen reality will hit the promotion the raise the struggle the problems the diagnose something will happen to get you to curve off that obedience. What you have to do is keep your eye on the goal. And knowing you may not fully see the goal. And one of the struggles I had was, you know, there was these people, even, even at 19 and 20 years old, you know, when I thought, okay, God, I'm tired of running. I'm going to ministry, you know. And I was surrounded by people. They are like, yeah, God's called me to be a youth pastor. God's called me to be a pastor. God's called me to be a man. I mean, Audra, our, you know, sweet family, nine years old, knew what she was going to do with her life. I'm like, I, do I, God, why don't you speak to me that way? <laughs> but it wasn't that way for me. And it took me a long time to understand what God's vision for me was just simply lost people. I never really felt a specific calling. I never felt like, 
Okay, you're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a youth pastor. You're going to be a missionary. You're gonna, and I've, I've done all that. But the foundation of it all was lost people. And there's no way that knows that more than what this church knows. And so there's a lot of things that kind of get in the way of that, that vision. But sometimes, you know, sometimes obedience, it's not easy. But I'm going to tell you, obedience is always joy. Obedience is always joy. It may not feel good, but obedience is joy. It may not be easy, but obedience is joy. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that this message was an encouragement to you. Remember, you can find more about us at odessafirstassembly.com and also across the social media platforms. It is our prayer that God blesses you, keeps you, sustains you. And if you're ever in the area of the Permian Basin, come and join us at Odessa First Assembly. God bless you.